Welcome to episode number 19 of Self-Improvement and Spirituality in Practice, Blooming with Gracie Hu. Today I'm going to talk about anxiety and fear. Anxiety is very common, but uh, depending on the amount of pressure coming, especially from outside, the person will tend to become even more anxious. And this is very true in this present time with this endless pandemic. And um, also fear. People in general fear something. And uh, how do you deal with anxiety? The highest level of anxiety is uh, panic attack. And there's an increase in, in those cases today. So how do you deal with anxiety and with your fears? I'm going to talk about this today, what to do when you feel like this. Gracie here. I've been a therapist for almost 20 years, an astrologer with more than 30 years of studies and practice already. And I'm also an independent spiritualist from Brazil. And what does that mean? Being an independent spiritualist means that I don't worship anyone. I never did, never wanted to, you know, to worship a guru, for example. Because, in my opinion, every time you put someone one step above you, you automatically put yourself one step down. And that can feed a feeling of inferiority. So, uh, it's not the best attitude, right? Today, I help people motivated by self-improvement, people who really want to become better. And I teach my clients how to master their hidden inner powers, inner forces, because we have intelligence very, very powerful in our unconscious, and they are responsible for attracting people and situations and creating our reality. So I teach my clients how to master those forces so they can learn how to transform their reality consciously. Because the cause of everything in your life is within you. And as I always say, to change the effects, you need to work on the cause. If you want to understand certain situations in your life and change your reality for the better, stay here and let's have a conversation. Anxiety and fear. I put the two words in the title of this episode because they describe inner states that go together in practice and both, in my view, have in common the fact that they are based on negative illusions or expectations of harmful events. Every fear has a cause. You cannot be afraid of nothing. You are always afraid of something. And of course, on this subject, there are degrees of intensity, like doubt that can evolve to insecurity, anguish, apprehension, fear, dread, and panic. The origin is always the same. Belief in evil, in something bad, that is, believing that an unpleasant, and harmful or even painful fact can or will happen. I used to say 
that importance is like yeast. The more you put on something, the more it will grow. So, the more we value something negative, the more it grows and strengthens within us, becoming real in our minds only. Not necessarily there is something going on outside of our minds, but inside of us, that thing, that negative thoughts will become very real. And it doesn't matter if it has not yet taken shape in concrete reality. The fact that we believe firmly produces a strong inner impression to the point of triggering reactions of mental suffering, emotional, psychic suffering until it reaches our physical body. The first reaction coming from negative thoughts is anxiety. And what is anxiety? In my point of view, talking very simply, anxiety is a state of discomfort generated by the expectation that something unpleasant or painful will occur. Look, it's about living in the present internally and a very bad future invented with the imagination, the bad use of imagination. Everything is just a misuse of imagination, creating a dramatic and pessimistic fantasy in the head. But the person already suffers from the idea in advance, right? There's nothing going wrong. It's just expecting the worst about the future. And in general, when events take place, they are not usually as terrible as those created in the neurotic mind, which proves that it was all an illusion. You probably went through this. You were expecting something very bad or negative uh, to happen in your life and when the situation occurred it was not so bad as you were expecting right so it was much worse in your mind therefore you suffered for anticipation and for nothing that's crazy isn't it but uh, that happens a lot with so many people all the time. And there are those who learn from some episodes like, oh, I won't do this again to myself. I won't suffer in, in advance. However, many people are unaware of this, what I call self-torture mechanism. And they continue to repeat it throughout their lives. And that's how they feed anxiety in themselves. It's a lack of self-control, lack of self-possession, and not really being in charge of their own imagination, fantasy, their own mind, their own thoughts. And if it were only due to unnecessary discomfort and suffering, it would be bad already. The point is that a prolonged state of anxiety and fear triggers a series of physical reactions which cause the damage to go beyond the emotional and mental sphere and reach the physical body. The physical body is always the last to know that something is going on in the mind. Everything starts in our mind with thoughts and the more you feed negative thoughts, at some point, the bigger the damage in your physical body. 
not mention all the emotional suffering. And why is that? Our brain reacts to stimuli produced by our mind, whether they are real or fantasy. There is no distinction to our mind. So much so that if you start to imagine yourself having sex with someone you find attractive, you will soon feel the effects of that stimulus on your body. You will see and feel the physical reaction of your body. It doesn't matter if you are a guy or a girl, uh, just stimulate your imagination with those kind of thoughts and you feel and you see a reaction in your body. In the case of fearful thoughts, no matter what type, the message sent to the brain is one of threat, danger. In response, your brain tries to increase the production and release of certain hormones in order to prepare the body to face the situation. What seems to your body to be an immediate threat or danger. If nothing really happens externally, there's no situation going on. Those substances are still present in your body because they have not been used in an act of defense, such as running away. So imagine then your body being bombarded continuously with this, accumulating daily doses of adrenaline, for example, and remaining in a constant state of alert. Eventually, there comes a time when your body begins to feel the toxic effects of this process and that is when the symptoms appear. And that's why people going through a lot of stress, mental stress, because they are not doing, you know, physical efforts, really like training for a marathon, but a, a lot of mental stress and anxiety eventually leads to cause localized pain in the physical body due to muscle tension, especially in the shoulders or the neck. And they can also experience tiredness, devitalization, because their body is using the energy, you know, to prepare a reaction to that danger, the danger their mind is expecting to happen. So the energy that would normally be used to keep the regular functioning of the body is being stocked. And all this mental process of anxiety and fear spend a lot of energies. So the body won't have enough energy for the regular functions and other symptoms that can appear, irritation with anything, because the person is always in that state of alert, the chest tightness, disharmony in some organ most affected by this excess of poison let's put it like this would be like a poison that high level of hormones released in that state of threat you know being preparing the body for a big danger as for fear whether it's based on a real or just an illusory past experience 
It's basically just a morbid exercise of imagination. One thing is the fear that a fact from the past will be repeated, and in this regard, precautions are taken, right? Another thing, what I mean here is adding drama and letting the idea grow to the point of becoming a fear, making the individual continually relieve that previous experience in their head as if it were still present. Again, there's a lack of self-discipline here. Really being in charge of one's thoughts, the more paralyzing the fear, the greater the need to face and work on it. Of course, and how to do that? To summarize and simplify, I will give some practical and objective suggestions now. First, it doesn't matter what is your fear, if it is big or not, but the, obviously the bigger your fear, the more urgent for you to do something about it, right? So the first step, identify your fear. What are you afraid of? Second step, if it is an event, think about what would be the worst of the worst things that could happen if it became a reality. I want you to exaggerate even in the worst case scenario, okay? Go deep to the last layer, what would be the worst thing that could happen in reality if that fear you have become real. The most common fear is of dying. And of course, I understand the fear of suffering, you know, dying in an accident or uh, with a terrible disease, with pain and all of that. But another thing is the fear of not knowing what will happen next with you or with the ones you love that will be behind. And uh, another thing is the fear of losing someone you love and being alone. And maybe that has to do with um, some attachment also, right? Emotional need. And that's another thing, attachment. But let's consider this very common fear, the fear of dying. If it is the case with you, uh, what is so terrible about it? Why the idea of dying is so terrible to you? I want you to exhaust the script of possibilities. What would happen next that you fear the most? And after that, go to, into deeper layers, okay? Now, if you need some time to think about it and do this exercise, just pause this audio. And now, try to see how this, your fear, is already a reality in your life. For example, fear of being alone. Probably you are already alone in there, inside of you, in self-abandonment, feeling alone. Fear of failure. The person probably is already feeling powerless like they already failed somehow in their life, or they are failing, they are trying hard and not achieving fulfillment. Another fear of being lost on the other side of life. What's next <laughs> if you die? Well, 
Maybe the person is already feeling lost here in this side of life, like not knowing where to go or what to do. Another example of fear, fear of being humiliated in public. The person may be already feeling inferior somehow, comparing themselves to other people and feeling they are not good enough. They probably have a very critical and uh, unsatisfied voice in their heads, always criticizing them, putting them down. So they already feel inferior compared to other people and they it's like being feeling already humiliated deep inside. So that's why they have this fear of, you know, talking in public, for example, and experiencing the same bad sensation. Fear of losing control. The person already feel out of control. Fear of not being able to accomplish something. The person already charged themselves for not having done it. And there's a voice inside of their head, very demanding voice, uh, saying you are not there yet. And maybe those inner voices, very critical, maybe like the voice of a very demanding parent or a very demanding person who was important to them. The other person may be dead already, but their voice is still, you know, talking in their heads because they gave and are still giving so much importance to that person in their lives, right? Try to see how your fear is a projection of something you already experienced inside of you and you don't know or recognize. That is, your fear has to do with something that you repress in your daily life. So the solution is for you to come out the way you are, let go of the fear of being yourself and have the courage to be who you are. The thing here is take possession of yourself. Be in charge of your mind because everything starts with a thought, right? Then it becomes a sensation, a feeling, an emotion. But everything starts with the thought in your mind. From the moment you identify that weak point in yourself and accept it, that weak point you were denying and repressing yourself, when you realize it, you accept it. So the projection disappears as the issue has been interjected into your consciousness. When it's something you repress in your unconscious, it will be projected on the outside, on something external, a person, a situation, or an object, an animal and that can cause fear. But once you bring it to the surface of your consciousness, then the projection becomes an interjection. Furthermore, when we realize that what we feared so much is already real in some way, inside of us it's already happening, there is no longer any sense of maintaining anxiety, which is to live in the future in a pessimistic way, expecting the worst. And if you can see it's only something, you know, a bad fantasy you feed in your mind with a lot of drama in your imagination, 
then you can even maybe laugh at the irony which removes the weight or importance you were giving to that you know, bad thought, like saying, yes, that's silly. It's just my imagination, uh, you know, a bad use of my imagination. There's nothing going on really in my reality. It's everything is just in my mind. And if your fear is really something present and real in your life, you know, taking form, then yes, you can deal with it. But if it's not real, then you have more power to manage all this process going on inside of you, right? And another thing, if you are afraid of something specific like an insect, animal or object or situation, like if you have fear of heights and flying, for example, imagine that you are that thing, insect, animal, object, and act like it as if you were it, or if you, your fear is of flying, for example, imagine that you are flying. I know this may be not so easy at the first moment, but uh, if you are really into self-improvement, in overcoming your fears, well, you may want to give it a try, right? Because I'm here to help you. Of course, this cannot be a therapy session. I'm just giving you some suggestions to go deeper in this subject. So, in the case of an animal um, or an insect, imagine that you are that thing and act like it, like you were performing a role in a play and pay attention to the sensations that come up being that. How do you feel? How it is like to be that thing? Do you feel agile? strong, powerful, pay attention to the sensations in your body. Is it devastating? It is indestructible. How do you feel? How does it feel to be that thing or doing that thing like flying? What happens with this exercise? When identifying and experiencing having that aspect, you were repressing yourself you can start to have it outcropped in consciousness because the projection is unconscious. And once you bring that element, that hidden element, repressed element in yourself, when you bring it to the surface of the conscious, the projection stops. And here I will reinforce everything in life is a matter of point of view and changing it makes all the difference. What seems frightening can be quite attractive in the light of truth. If you experience a different point of view, then of course the way you see something, a situation or a person will change and you will deal with it in a different way. So what I'm telling here is the issue lies in the misused imagination, which distorts and exaggerates for the worse with a lot of drama. And at the end, we need and need a lot to educate our minds to work for us, not against us with sabotage that make us suffer unnecessarily. Because if you don't educate your mind, 
if you don't take charge of your thoughts, you, if you don't pay attention of the kind of thoughts you were feeding in your mind, if they are too negative and dramatic, you were feeding anxiety and fears and uh, you will be the one who will pay the price for it, right? Starting with emotional, mental and psychological suffering. And if it lasts too long, then you will start to have physical symptoms in your body, even pain. So can you see how self-knowledge is so important? And not knowing yourself, you're in the process, but really paying attention to what goes on inside of you because you are the only one that can do something about it. No, no one, not even the best therapist, can be in charge of your thoughts, right? Because no one can go inside of your head, your mind, and put some order there. You are the only one that can stop this process of uh, creating bad thoughts one after another and living in the future expecting always bad things to happen, right? You need to be in charge of yourself, your own thoughts, your mind, and uh, of course that requires self-discipline and uh, if you are suffering with uh, anxiety it's because you didn't develop self-discipline before but uh, you can always start it will be beneficial to you in the first place and then it will affect positively your relationships because you will you won't be so toxic when dealing with other people, right? Spreading your negativity, your fears, and your anxiety. Well, actually, anxiety is very common, especially in our modern society, and with some bad news in the media. But uh, the thing is, there are people who are more anxious. The more the person is controlling, and it's, um, it not, it's not really realistic to try to control life, right? You know, uh, but the thing is, uh, there are people who are more anxious. And uh, with all this pandemic going on for endless months, we are seeing an increase in the cases of anxiety to the point of panic attacks because a panic crisis, a panic attack is the highest level of anxiety when the person really loses control over their body and it's when their mind operates in a high state of alert expecting not only bad things to happen but the worst like dying. In this pandemic, I had a case with a friend of mine in the New York area. Um, he was kind of controlling person and uh, had his level of anxiety. But he used to meditate every day, so he knew breathing techniques. But at some point, what happened? A colleague of him died from COVID in, in a few days and he had contact with that colleague. So he started to be really afraid of dying because of that virus also. So his regular level of anxiety increased suddenly and he started to have breathing issues. 
when he talked to me about that, his uh, colleague dying and uh, his breathing issues, I realized he will soon have a panic attack because uh, his anxiety will reach the highest level. And that really happened. Two days later, he called me outside of an emergency room and saying that he just had his a panic attack. It was his first panic attack. And he was thinking about sleeping outside of the hospital because he lived alone and was afraid of having another panic attack. It was really terrible for him. He was really in the middle of a crisis, uh, thinking that he was going to die because uh, when you when you go through a panic attack, that the that sensation is very real. You cannot breathe, and you really think that you are, you are going to die. And uh, what did I do? I use unique techniques that I learned from higher spirituality, working with the unconscious forces and intelligences. So, I did a quick session with him because I don't need the person to be in front of me. I don't even need a camera. So uh, I did this work with him with his unconscious force that I call inner animal, which is similar of the power animal of the shamanism, but uh, it's not exactly the same. So any issue involving the physical body and a disbalance, a disharmony with the physical body indicates a conflict with the unconscious forces responsible for the physical integrity. And those forces also are responsible for the immune system, actually for protecting the person. So I did this, um, re it was really a quick session, um, less than one hour, and uh, to reestablish a good contact between my friend and his unconscious inner animal and and the end of it uh, he was feeling strong again and confident enough to go back home and uh, at that night he slept deeply and on the other day he was not so afraid anymore but he was just more like paying attention to the reactions in his physical body and two days later, that panic attack, he said to me, I'm back to normal. Even the breathing issues I was having, they are practically gone. And my point is, as a kind of different therapist, I know I am because I use different techniques that I learned, as I said, from the higher spirituality. And I know they, those techniques work and very fast and immediate results. And in this case, my friend called me. He had no idea I could deal with that situation, but he trusted me and he didn't want to go to a psychiatrist and take drugs because he was very healthy. He's still, uh, you know, working out every day. And uh, But, you know, he just wanted to talk to someone who wouldn't say that... It, he was exaggerating in his reaction. But uh, anyway, the thing is, any imbalance in your physical body indicates there's the cause really inside of you. So we have those intelligences 
and those forces very powerful in our unconscious that not only attract people and circumstances to our lives, but also create our reality, internal or external realities. So, as I always say, if you want to change the effect, you need to work on the cause. So, if there's something going wrong in your physical body, of course, the cause is inside of you. Then I know it is necessary to identify the cause and really work on it. And that's what I did with my friend. You know, I worked with his unconscious force to reestablish the, the balance and the fear was gone. But I know that people who come to me are the ones who are ready, who are mature enough for my approach. And uh, there are so many types of people out there and uh, so many types of different approaches and uh, therapies and techniques. And uh, if you, you gotta find what's best for you, you know, because also in a relationship between a therapist and a client, the most important thing is not only feeling comfortable, but trust the other person, right? You can have the best therapist uh, recommended by a friend who did great work with them, but if you don't feel trust in the therapist, if you don't feel comfortable enough to open up yourself and talk about your weaknesses and inner issues, then the, it won't work. So talking about anxiety and fear. Anxiety is already a fear of something bad to happen. You know, as I said, the person is living in the future in their mind and expecting bad things to happen is expecting the worst. There is a lack of self-discipline. Free will consists of taking possession of yourself, what I call self-possession, and putting order in there or letting chaos set in and causing balances. You are the only one who can do something about it because it's an inner process. So if you are the only one who can do this, remember your biggest responsibility in life is with yourself, not with others. So do something. And especially if you are going through a high level of anxiety and, uh, you know, uh, having many fears, you got to do something for yourself. Uh, it doesn't matter who you will look for in search of help. If it's a therapist or if you're trying to do something uh, on your own, uh, getting information on the Internet, it doesn't matter. Only you know how much you are suffering with this inner state of losing control over your mind, your thoughts, right? If somehow my message touched you and you feel like talking to me about it, the, you can go to my website, graciehoo.com, G-R-E-I-C-Y-H-O-O.com. And you can schedule a free, totally free 45-minute enlightenment call with me you choose the best date and time for us to talk and i will call you and um, we can not only have a conversation about your issues but i will make an initial diagnosis of the real cause of those issues and uh, 
present you a solution, a way to deal with it, then you'll be free to do whatever you want with that information. But the most important thing is that you take care of yourself. Okay, or you can go to my Instagram at Gracie who follow my posts with um, insights about self-improvement and spirituality. And then you can be aware of when I release a new episode of this podcast. But uh, do something, okay? You don't need to suffer alone and in silence because mental health has never been such an important issue. And the thing is, this pandemic will be over someday. But how will people be then? How will their mental health be at that time? Take care of yourself, okay? Stay well and we'll talk again in the next episode.